0: This week on Iowa, we're in Dallas County, and we're talking about a classic criminal couple, Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Di-o-a- Welcome to Iowa, the first Iowa-focused true crime podcast, where there's 99 counties and a murder in every one. These are your hosts, Beth Lavalley and Allie Tulin.
2: Okay, Allie. I finally know for sure that I've been to Dallas County and it's because I grew up there.
0: That's amazing, and I'm so proud that you've finally <laughs> been to one. I know.
2: <laughs> it's really embarrassing, but
0: oh, no, all good. I also lived very close to Dallas County for a while, but I know I know that we've both been frequently.
2: Definitely. So Dallas County is the home of all the suburbs. <laughs> it includes parts of West Des Moines. Waukee, Adele, and the town we're talking about today, Dexter, Iowa.
0: Do you remember that trip? Of
2: course. We even stopped at the Bonnie and Clyde Plaque in Dexfield Park. Very, very good memes.
0: Such good memes. Well, Dexter, Iowa is a pretty small town. The population in 2010 was about 611 people. But back in 1916, Dexfield Park was one of the largest amusement parks in Iowa with a swimming pool, dancing, skating, music, and carnival rides. And as many as 4,000 people attended on opening day each year. So it's no longer there, but the Dexter Museum has memorabilia from that era. Another fun fact is that Harry S. Truman delivered a speech in Dexter, Iowa in 1948 to farmers It was said that that was one of the turning points in the election that year, and over 100,000 people attended the speech.
2: Crazy that 100,000 people came to a town that now has 611 people. (laughs) Uh, Love those fun facts. Yes. So, why don't you talk about what Dexter looked like in 1933 when this Bonnie and Clyde shootout
0: happened? Alright, well, the Depression was still going on in 1933, which is why Bonnie and Clyde are there in the first place. You know the Depression first happened in 1929, but especially in Iowa and the Midwest, farmers were hit for about a decade from 1926 and the lowest prices being in 1932. Farmers even went on strike at one point saying, Stay at home, buy nothing, sell nothing. So definitely desperate times, which led to Bonnie and Clyde and their gang making trouble in the Midwest.
2: Let's step back really quick and just describe Bonnie and Clyde for those who don't know much about them. Uh, First of all, there's a great movie aptly called Bonnie and Clyde, made in 1967, if you're interested. Uh, I gave it a watch this week, and Allie, of course, knows it by heart because it's two or three (laughs) of her favorite things. Old Hollywood, true crime, and Warren Beatty. For sure. For sure. Uh, (laughs) Highly recommend the movie, though. So let's just give a quick description of who Bonnie and Clyde were.
0: Sure. So Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow were an infamous couple who basically just made trouble from about 1932 to 1934. They mainly took part in robberies of small-town banks, restaurants, and other smaller stores, but they became famous because of the sensationalized stories that ended up in the papers. So because of the time period, they were sort of looked at at the same way as Robin Hood, you know, being oppressed, and because of that, taking from the rich. But really, we're not sure how much of that stolen money they gave to the poor. The main members were Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow, an unmarried couple. However, other members included Marvin, known as Buck Barrow, and he is Clyde's older brother, Buck Barrow's wife, Blanche Barrow, W.D. Jones, Henry Methvin, Raymond Hamilton, Joe Palmer, Ralph Fultz, And S. J. Watley,
2: and they mainly traveled through the Midwest and Southwest, kind of in Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and Iowa, and they were on the move all the time, obviously because they had to run from the police.
0: So back to Dexter. It's July 1933, and Bonnie and Clyde and a few of their gang had been camping out in an abandoned park. Clyde was already wounded and recovering from a mishap from Arkansas. A farmer reported he saw a gang of bandit suspects cooking in the ravine, and officers found old clothing and dishes scattered about. So, police planned a capture and started patrolling highways in search of them.
2: And the sheriffs really put in work here. Sheriff Clint Knee organized a posse of Des Moines police officers, detectives, other sheriffs, and even a dentist, all bringing their own weapons and artillery. And so, at about 5 a.m. on July 24th, the biggest shootout in Dallas
0: County history started. Crazy. I would love to know what that dentist was armed with.
2: Probably some of those, like, teeth pullers. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So, the posse started shooting. With stolen guns, the gang fired back and escaped into one car. Clyde was hit in the shoulder and crashed the car, so they had to escape to a different car. Bonnie, Clyde, and W.D. Jones ran off, leaving Clyde's brother Buck and his wife Blanche behind. Clyde tried to get back to the amusement park where he came from, but he was met by two members of the posse. He turned around and went back towards Bonnie. It was clear that the gang was losing the battle.
2: In need of yet another car, (laughs) it's said that Clyde went up to a house and held a family by gunpoint and then stole their car. Later, W.D. Jones, a member of the gang with Clyde at the time, said that his gun didn't actually have any ammunition in it at the time of this robbery.
0: So Clyde and W.D. Jones were on the run and drove up northeast of Dexter, then back down to around Guthrie Center. There they were surrounded by about 200 men in another posse, and Clyde escaped this posse yet again and was seen about 60 miles later northeast in Sioux City.
2: So slippery. Right. So Buck and his wife, Blanche, had both been caught. Buck was wounded and taken to a hospital in Perry, Iowa. Doctors said he had a fractured skull and lacerated brain tissue from a bullet wound and that there was little chance of recovery. His mother traveled from Dallas to spend time with Buck as he was dying in the hospital. Also, if you want to see a picture, the Des Moines Tribune even showed a photo of dying Buck on their July 26, 1933 front page. Later that week, Buck did die. His wife, Blanche, was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison and then led a crime-free life after being let out early.
0: And Bonnie and Clyde didn't escape for long. They died less than a year later while driving a car in Louisiana. W.D. Jones, who had been a member of their posse and at that fatal shootout in Dexter, lived to be an old man. Local TV reporters even brought him to see the romanticized film, which had ignited a new generation's interest in the Barrow gang. Jones said of the movie, it made it all look sort of glamorous, but like I told them teenaged boys sitting near me at the drive-in showing, take it from an old man who was there. It was hell.
2: All right, some stark words, but let's talk to Taps and see his opinion.
0: Sounds good. Hey, Taps, thanks for joining us again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> let's get right to it this
2: one this episode is about bonnie and clyde so i'm assuming you know of bonnie and clyde i do uh do you remember how you first heard about them
1: i would guess that i probably saw the movie when i was a kid didn't it come out about the early 70s
2: that sounds right yeah cool i just watched that decent movie Okay. I'm going to ask another question because I don't want Allie to ask this dumb one that I came up with. (laughs) Um, Okay. So when I was researching this, all of the newspaper articles about Bonnie and Clyde, you know, they would recap the event that happened and then they would be like, police are searching highway XYZ and like basically lay out the entire plan of where they're going to be to search for them. So is that Common? Like, did they not think they would go buy a newspaper and see where the cops are at? You no, know,
1: it 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 was common. I assume back in the 30s, um, but it is not common now. And I think some of it came from in many smaller jurisdictions, the cops would use local citizens as part of a posse or vigilante group or whatever to help them because they didn't have that much manpower the other thing is, remember, nothing was instantaneous back then. So if people wanted to hear about it, they heard it on the radio or read it in the newspaper. And it was usually hours old by the time anybody digested it.
2: Okay, so going off of what you said about kind of gathering the town to help out the police, does that still happen at all today?
1: No. The only time the cops usually will ask for civilian help is like, a missing person, or something of that nature, and even in those cases, if there's any possibility of a crime associated with that missing person, the the cops are very hesitant to bring in people that would stumble into a crime scene and ruin the crime scene, uh, infect it with other evidence, things like that. They want very strict control of how things are handled, so it, it's very rare that citizens are involved in these things anymore.
0: All right. Well, best question Mm -hmm. wasn't very dumb, but this one's going to be...
1: I'm used to it.
0: Do you still hear of bank (laughs) robberies today?
1: Sure. There's all kinds of them.
0: Really? Not... I, I would think like bank robberies are more... or like fraud is happening more on the digital side.
1: It is, but there are still people that rob banks. The issue with bank robberies are banks have become a lot more hardened as a target mainly because of really good video and in some cases like entrapment doors and things of that nature.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's very difficult to get away with a bank robbery in these times.
0: Did you have any experience with bank robberies while you you were on the job?
1: Yeah, we used to work uh, robberies all the time. The worst kind were takeover robberies where gangs, and gangs might be too hard of a word, but groups of people would actually take over the bank. Usually they'd jump up on the counters A lot of times they'd fire a couple of shots into the ceiling and then they would take all the cash drawers and try to get the vault. Those were generally groups of people that specialized in bank robberies. I haven't seen any around here for a while. We actually Mm -hmm. had an officer shot on a takeover robbery when I was working in homicide. And then there are lots and lots of just single people that walk in. Many times they don't have a weapon. They threaten a weapon or they threaten they have a bomb or something like that and then the banks hand over the money. In a lot of cases in the money, there could be counted bills, targeted bills so that they can trace the bills back. In some cases there are dye packs in the bills that explode a couple of minutes after they're taken out of a drawer. We even have uh, bill packs now that have GPS locators in them. And so the cops can look at the GPS and watch where the money goes.
2: Yeah, I think my favorite tactic like that is the big paint explosion.
1: Yep, dye like in the
2: bag. Yeah, is that what it's called?
1: Yep, they're pretty easy guys to spot.
2: That's a fun one because
1: it's usually purple dye, and it explodes everywhere, and they can't scrub it off.
2: So let's talk about like the impact that Bonnie and Clyde had. Did the crime rate go up because people liked seeing their stories, or because people found it so fascinating? Did they were there copycats?
1: The, there was a rise of that type of crime and criminals during the 20s and 30s, some of it caused by the Depression, a lot of it caused by bootlegging, which really kind of started the first strong organized crime syndicates in the country, Al Capone, people like that. And so you had a a number of fairly famous criminals, John Dillinger, Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty Boy Floyd, that that were kind of uh, celebrities in their own right. One of the things that J. Edgar Hoover was really upset about during his tenure as the head of the FBI was that these guys were getting so much uh, attention by the news media and and becoming kind of media darlings.
0: Interesting. Do you know what J. Edgar Hoover or police officers or like local community leaders did to stop that celebrity from happening?
1: I, I think uh, J. Edgar tried to become a celebrity in his own right and tried to make the FBI into more of a celebrity agency during the 30s, but I don't think it worked that well. I think people, you have to remember, a lot of people in this country were poor, didn't have jobs, whatever, and they were just kind of enamored about this couple that were going all over the Midwest robbing banks. And, uh, you know, they were notorious for handing some money out on a bank robbery to want somebody that was walking up and down the sidewalk as they were leaving and things like that. And so they were just kind of enamored at that whole behavior.
0: Okay. And then, kind of like how we're enamored with murder and making a podcast about it. Weird. Yeah, kind of. So, on a similar note, I know you've seen the movie The Highwaymen on Netflix, and I think they did a really good job of showing the public's obsession with the story, especially when, you know, after they have Bonnie and Clyde's bodies and they're carrying. Them through the town. Everyone's grabbing little things to have as like memorabilia. Like um, it said that one woman cut off bloody locks of Bonnie Parker's hair and pieces from her dress. But then there was a guy who tried to cut off Clyde Barrow's trigger finger. Did you ever see that while you were working the job? Like that obsession with death or
1: not crime? really. But we never had people that had that much celebrity or the crimes were that celebrated. Bonnie and Clyde were not alone in that fascination. I mean, there are several stories out of the California penal system on how Charles Manson used to get all these wedding promises by potential women that would write him and stuff in prison. There has always been a fascination with these kind of people. I don't get it, don't understand it, but it definitely exists.
2: Final thoughts about Bonnie and Clyde,
1: In In its purest form, take away the movie, take away the celebrity, it was a couple of criminals that killed people and, and caused terror around the country. And I think we lose track of that a lot of times when we talk about criminals with some celebrity. I mean, they, they caused death and pain wherever they went.
0: That's why we have you on this podcast. Really? <laughs> you, you bring it back down. This is making me feel real guilty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining again.
2: Okay. Thank you. there. As a marketer, I hate promotions like this. Same and same. But I love content. Me too. So if you like our content, give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, note, facts, literally anything you think would help us continue making Diowa a success. Thank you, thank you, thank you.